Hello, thanks for tuning in uh, to the Heat Index podcast, the official uh, Heat Index podcast. Uh, This is Jared Thatcher. I am the creator and writer of the Heat Index. That column can be found on throughthefencebaseball.com. It's that whole thing, throughthefencebaseball.com. I write a weekly column on there called The Heat Index, and this podcast is basically going to explain why I ranked the people in the Heat Index like I did, and how I ranked them, uh, what research I used to get that, among other things. Uh, The podcast is also going to include, from now on, the podcast is also going to include things that aren't necessarily baseball. Uh, They're going to include... Uh, other things that are happening in my fantasy leagues of baseball, they might be the same things that are happening in your fantasy leagues in baseball and how to handle them, what, what the values are of certain players and how they rank. Um, it's also going to, we're going to have some guests uh, on the show and, and some interviews. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a nice addition to uh, the articles that I write on Through the Fence Baseball. So let's start off with the article that I wrote on October 18th, 2011. This heat index article is called Top Rookies of 2012. Now, I only did five top rookies of 2012, and these are some of the guys that I think are going to break out in 2012. They've Some of them have already actually hit the majors, but I think they're going to really show their worth and probably be worth something in a fantasy league. So if you can get them now, or early next year, they're definitely going to be valuable to your team. So let's start with number five and work our way back to number one. Uh, number five is Taylor Green, the third baseman for the Milwaukee Brewers. A lot of people haven't heard about Taylor Green or heard of him. He's a pretty high prospect in the Brewers um, in their organization. Uh, this list, a lot of the guys off this list, came from Baseball America or Baseball Prospectus or other places. And then uh, I did my own research and compiled some stats and and talked to a couple scouts, and that's where I got what I'm about to read off to you. So this is exactly what I wrote on Through the Fence Baseball about Taylor Green. This is probably my most risky pick of this list for many reasons. First, the Brewers already have a third baseman, Casey McGahee who many analysts have said could be traded to save the Brewers some cash next year. My thought would be to keep McGahee and pay him the projected $3.1 million in arbitration while moving Green to first base to fill the hole left by Prince Fielder. Uh, this side, On a side note, Prince Fielder is definitely going to lo- leave the Brewers. There's no way somebody will offer him more money. Green has played a few games at first, and I don't think it would be too much of a stretch for him to become adequate defensively by 2012. Regardless of where he plays, Green's bat should be in the majors. Uh, another side note, your bat is your one tool that will, it, it trumps every other tool. It'll take you straight to the majors. Uh, it'll get you through levels very quickly. Uh, regardless of where he plays, Green's bat should be in the majors. He hit 336 this year in AAA in 120 AAA games with 22 home runs and 88 RBIs. He won't make up for the lost production of Fielder, but he should at least provide some consistent production. My prediction for him next year, and who knows how many games, it depends on when he is actually called up, but my prediction is he'll hit around 291. I, you can definitely count on him for 15 home runs. 
and 80 RBIs as long as he can continue to hit lots of doubles and drive runs in. That's kind of what he's known for is driving in runs with, with doubles. As he grows and as he really fills into his body, he's got the power to hit home runs, but right now it's mostly doubles. Um, let's move on. So number four is Tanner Sheppers. Tanner Shepers is a starting pitcher slash relief pitcher in the Rangers organization. Uh, he's high on a lot of lists, but uh, had a little bit of a rough year this year, uh, and so he probably fell a little bit, but I still think he's got the tools to reach the majors next year. Uh, this is kind of what I wrote about him. It, it's a, This prediction's hard because it depends on many va variables, including C.J. Wilson. Where is C.J. Wilson going to be next year? Uh, the Rangers have said if C.J. Wilson leaves Texas, which he probably will, they're probably not going to pay him the $100 million salary that has been, uh, that he's said to be looking for. Uh, they said they're not going to pay him that. So if C.J. Wilson leaves, that the Rangers have said they have thought about bringing Neftali Feliz and Alexio Gondo into the rotation to pitch in the rotation, which is which is interesting. A couple of relievers who are very good relievers coming to the rotation. Hopefully they can continue to throw hard while racking up the innings. Uh, anyway, Shepers is ready for the show. He's 24, and he's not getting any younger, so there's no reason why the Rangers shouldn't give him a shot to show what he can do, uh, whether that comes in the bullpen or the starting rotation. In fact, the bullpen may be the perfect, absolutely perfect place for, for Shepers. Uh, and, and in fact, that's that's where I'm going to guess he's going to end up. He should be able to step into a setup role, maybe setting up for Mike Adams or or maybe even being a seventh inning guy. And if things go his way, he may even turn into a closer, barring any in case an injury happens, he, he may be able to close. So my prediction for next year is a 2.72 ERA as a setup man. Uh, or 6th, 7th inning guy, somewhere around there, with 60 strikeouts and 62 innings pitched. Uh, that'd probably be where he'd end up if he was a setup type guy. 62 innings uh, pitched. And I wrote on here, as the Rangers try to repeat as World Series champs. So yes, that's my prediction. I'm recording this. Today is, um, I think today's the 27th, and uh, maybe it's the 26th. Anyway, I'm, I predicted that the Rangers are going to win the World Series, so I haven't looked at the score yet. I haven't been watching it today. I've been trying to figure out how to do this podcast. So when the Rangers are trying to repeat as World Series champs next year, Tanner Shepard's locked down in the bullpen. Uh, the next one, number three, is Brett Jackson, the outfielder for the Cubs. I'm really high on this kid. Brett Jackson is I really like him. I think he's got way more of a shot to play in the outfield than probably any other Cubs prospect. Uh, his name was mentioned for a second in that Theo Epstein trade rumors, um, but there's no way, they've said there's no way they're trading Brett Jackson and, and getting rid of him. I, I think that he should be considered for the job next year in the outfield, uh, and he should be able to easily at least outplay Tyler Colvin. Uh, in 48 games at AAA this year, he hit 297 with 10 home runs and 26 RBIs. He also has some speed. In 2010, he stole 30 bases uh, at AA, which is decent. It's pretty good. Yeah, at least he's got some speed. The Cubs have nothing to lose by giving him a chance right out of spring training. He does have a strikeout problem. 
lots of young players do, but uh, if he hits in the right spot in the lineup, at, it should at least allow him to see some good pitches and and get the ball uh, squared up on the bat. So, or get the bat squared up on the ball. So, uh, and and make good contact. So I'm not gonna I'm not too high on him and and how he's gonna do next year. I do think he'll play in the league. I'm saying he's probably gonna hit 279. He's definitely got power. 15 or 16 homers is not out of the question. 50 RBIs. He might hit in the early part of the lineup, but I'd probably say he's going to be 7th, 8th in the lineup next year unless he really shows something. Plus, I think they're going to let him run free on the base paths. If I was the Cubs, that's exactly what I'd do. I'd let him run free on the base paths, let him steal as many bases as he can. So, depending on your fantasy league, if steals are worth a lot, you know, you could be in for 15, 20 steals easily. Okay, moving along. Number two on... Number two on my list is Matt Moore. We already got a taste of what Matt Moore can do, and it was it was ridiculous. Matt Moore was great in in the majors this year. He moved he moved through uh, the minor league system really quickly. Jumped from Triple A or jumped from Double A to Triple A, and then boom, straight to the majors near the end of the season. So. Uh, Tampa Bay got a small sample of what he can do, and I'm sure they soaked up every last drop of it. Moore pitched 9.1 innings at the end of the regular season and struck out 15 batters. 15 batters in 9.1 innings. Uh, He posted a 2.89 ERA, but his better performance actually came in the postseason. He pitched 10 innings in the postseason with 8 strikeouts and a .90 ERA. Uh, for the kids' first postseason, first major league, that's that's awesome. Uh, Moore will definitely be part of a very potent rotation next year with or without David Price. There's a lot of trade rumors around David Price. I don't see it happening. I don't see David Price leaving. However, with Moore in the lineup, that may allow Tampa Bay to deal David Price. That may allow them to, to, to deal him for some of the other holes they have. They've got a ton of holes. They've got... Uh, issues in the outfield. They've got issues at first base. Um, Kochman was good for them this year at first base, but uh, who knows what he's going to do next year? Who knows where he's going to be next year? I think he's a free agent, so they've got some holes in their lineup. They could trade David Price uh, pretty darn high too. Uh, he was great this year. If if Moore is in the rotation next year, my prediction for what he's going to do is uh, he's going to go 15 and 10. That's right. He's going to make at least 25 starts. Um, they might limit him at 27, but he's got the potential. He pitched a ton of innings this year. He'll pitch a ton next year, uh, as long as injuries, you know, barring any injuries. But I, I think he's got the ability to go 15 and 10, uh, maybe a 3.8 ERA, easily hit 200 strikeouts. The guy's a strikeout king uh, when it comes to that. So I definitely think he's got some upside there. And so if you don't have him on your fantasy team or you can trade for him, which I doubt you can, I doubt you can get your hands on him. Uh, but if for some reason you can and you can, uh, you might, he might cost a pretty penny now because of what he did in the postseason. But grab him, trade for him, do what you need to get him. He's going to be a great rotation guy for a long time. Uh, moving on to number one, number one on the list of the Heat Index at Through the Fence Baseball, Ryan LaVarnway. The catcher for the Red Sox. Uh, he got a taste of the big leagues here at the end of the season and was 
probably one of the more uh, productive players for the Red Sox. Of course, besides Jacoby Ellsbury, there's you know there's some guys who hit, but uh, he was pretty darn good as a catcher uh, coming out of there, especially just standing up to Jared Saltomachia or. Uh, any other of the catchers that the Red Sox have run through there this year. LaVarnway was by far the, he gave a spark to the offense. Uh, he really does have some power in that bat. Uh, he'll still be eligible, uh, rookie eligible next season, uh, even though he played this year. He didn't get enough at bats. And he'll go into spring training with the chance to steal the starting job away from Jared Salta Lamakia. Like I said, it shouldn't be hard. Salty doesn't have a great bat. It's okay. Um, but. Ryan LaVarnway has a way better bat, and he just crushes the ball. So he's ready, and I think he just needs an opportunity to show what he can do. In 39 at-bats this year, he hit two homers, uh, drove in eight runs, and provided yeah decent defense behind the plate uh, through the month of September. In fact, I remember watching him, and uh, he threw out two guys in one game near the end of the season. I don't remember who the Red Sox were playing, but he threw a guy out at second and then threw a guy out at third. Uh, no problems. So that was that was pretty impressive for him to be able to get that ball down like that. So the defense is there. It's it's going to be okay. But really, where the production for him is going to come is uh, as a as a hitting catcher, clearly. And you know what? Maybe he DHs a couple times while somebody else is playing defensive catcher. Uh, maybe that's what happens. That's right. But I definitely think he's going to play 100 games next year. Uh, he's going to hit 250. He's got some big holes in his swing, but when he connects, that thing's gone. I think he'll hit 250, um, maybe 15 to 18 home runs. And with the people that are going to be on base in front of him in Boston, 60 to 70 RBIs would not be out of the question. It wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't be anything crazy. So that's what I have for. Um, the rookies that are going to be in the major leagues next year. So I, I think these guys will make the major leagues, and I think they're going to make an impact. I know that Taylor Green, I, I said he might actually outproduce Ryan LaVarnway if you were paying attention to the the amount of RBIs and home runs um, that were in there. I think he's going to outproduce uh, Ryan LaVarnway, like I said, but I think it's because he's going to be on the Brewers, and there's a lot of guys that get on base with the Brewers too, and I think they're going to rely a lot more on Green once Prince Fielder leaves, then the Red Sox are actually going to have to rely on LaVarnway. But I do believe LaVarnway um, is probably a better prospect. He's probably a little bit more mature hitter. Um, but who knows who's going who will win the Rookie of the Year? I mean, it could be somebody you know that we haven't even talked about or thought about yet. So that is my uh, update for the Heat Index and what I wrote about uh, in the week on the week of. October 18th. It's got 543 views right now, so if you haven't checked it out, get on there and check it out. Like I said, throughthefencebaseball.com. That's where I write the heat index. This is not a throughthefencebaseball.com podcast yet. We will probably be working on that, uh, hopefully sometime soon. I, I wrote the editor of the website, and he said he said that they're looking to get a server uh, that's dedicated specifically to that and for that. So that will be cool at some point. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about what's going on in my fantasy league. So I'm in a fantasy league that runs on pro boards. It's a dynasty league. Uh, there's 30 teams. Or there's So everybody, uh, all the teams are pretty much taken. We've had some people drop off recently. Uh, lots of guys aren't 
you know, they just kind of stop paying attention um, and or leave the league because they've got school coming up. Um, and so that's okay. You know, you got to let those guys go. That's going to happen in every fantasy league. I wouldn't worry about it, but um, you can always refill you know with somebody else in fact you can post on like fantasy cafe in fact that's where they found me for this certain website was on fantasy cafe uh, fantasy baseball cafe i think is what it's called and it's just a a forum where you post stuff and and there's a classified section where they post for wanted owners of teams anyway so in base knocks uh it's called base knocks um and it's a pro boards uh, I'm trying to pull it up here. It's a pro boards forum here where we post on, which is actually pretty pretty nice. Uh, pro boards even has an app for iPad and you know iPhone and whatnot. They've got an app where you can where you can check everything out. But anyway, in this league, I own the Atlanta Braves. The person who owned the Atlanta Braves before me basically dismantled them. Basically dismantled them. In fact. Uh, the Rockies have most of my players, uh, which is, you know, it's all right. Uh, what can you do? I wasn't here, and those other guys were here. But let me talk about a couple of the trades that have recently gone down in my league. I just made a trade um, with, uh, who did I make this trade with? Let me see here getting logged in here I just made a trade oh actually let me talk about this the first trade that's in here is Rockies and athletics this is a this is a really controversial trade in our league right now it's between the A's and the Rockies so the A's are sending the Rockies Gio Gonzalez and the athletics are getting back from the Rockies Daniel Norris a pitcher minor league pitcher in fact, I think the kid's still just barely out of high school. Tyler Matzek, or Maztec, um, no, it's Matzek, uh, they have it wrong on here. Tyler Matzek, uh, who is a minor league pitcher, everybody was really high on him, people thought he was going to be great in the Colorado Rockies and someday be in their rotation, but this year he hit a big speed bump, had some, had some big issues, got demoted, um, still has a bright future, but he's going to need to work it out. So Daniel Norris, Tyler Matzek, Chris Iannetta, the catcher for the Rockies, Trevor Story, a shortstop in their uh, in their minor league team, Colorado's first round draft pick for 2012, and then Colorado's fourth round draft pick in 2012. So what it breaks down to is the Rockies get Gio Gonzalez, an Oakland Athletics second round pick. The Athletics get Norris, Matt Matzek, Ionetta, Story, Colorado's first, and Colorado's fourth. So, um, I, I, I posted on here, I, what I posted on here was that I approved the trade. I, I think the A's know what they're getting into. I don't think a lot of people were putting on here that the A's were getting screwed by the Rockies and that that trade wasn't fair, that Gio Gonzalez is some great, brilliant pitcher. Look, he's a cheap pitcher. He's cheap because he's still in arbitration if you're going by, uh, the, He's still in before arbitration. And in our league, you get four years where they're paid the same exact minor league salary uh, when they come up to the majors. So for four years, they get paid the exact same salary, no chance for upping it. And then once they hit the end of those four years in the majors, they go to arbitration 
and you extend their contract and, and it depends on where they rank and how good they are. Anyway, the Dodgers in this league vetoed it. They said Matzek's too far away from contributing and that was due to a poor year this year. Uh, Ionetta's just going to be a bench guy come next year. I agree. I agree that is going to be a bench guy next year. Uh, and he writes that Gio is one of the new and upcoming pitchers, starting pitchers, and that he's cheap. Um, they think that he's worth, the Dodgers think that he's worth way more than these guys who may not be great and might not even start. So it could be a great trade later on, but as for right now, it's terrible for the A's. And the Rocks, uh, the Rockies are going to run away with this trade, so we vetoed it. Uh, the Padres also vetoed it. Um... And and after they vetoed it, the A's came on and said, hey, I got no good offers for Gio Gonzalez, so what do you want me to do? This is the best one I had. Okay, I understand that. I can understand that. But what I wrote was that I approve the trade. I think the A's know what they're getting into, the and the trade clearly looked good to them. Although the Rockies in my league are known for getting some ridiculous deals passed, the Rockies owner also happens to be uh, the whole con commissioner of the whole league. Go figure. Um, but if he can get it done, you know what? If the Rockies can get that trade done, more power to him. He he's the he's the Billy Bean of maybe he's the Billy Bean of our of our fantasy league or whatever you want to call him. He he works some crazy ridiculous trades. Uh, maybe he's the uh, Blue Jays GM of our league. Um, like in real life, he pulls off some great trades. Uh, anyway, so I approved it. I said the A's are a cheap and young team, and he's already got seven other pitchers on his roster uh, in the majors that are already in the majors to make up for the loss of Gio Gonzalez. They have no position players. The A's in, in this league have no position players left. So you know what? Trade him away. He stacks up his his minor league system. He doesn't necessarily need Geo. He's got all the other A's great pitchers. Uh, he's got well, great pitchers. He's got Harden. He's got Dallas Braden. Um, he's got um, oh shoot, what's that? Uh, Tyson Ross. Uh, he's got the Ross brothers. I think he's got them both. Anyway, he's got some great pitchers that are already in there. Josh Outman. Uh, he might join the rotation next year. He's got some great pitchers that are already in there, so why not uh, trade away Gio Gonzalez? He he stacks up, he adds two pitchers into his farm system, Daniel Norris and Tyler Metzik, who both could be, you know, rotation guys. Not necessarily top of the rotation, but they could be in the rotation one day. He gets a, a backup catcher, he gets a shortstop who has a decently high ceiling, uh, and next year's Colorado's first and fourth round picks. So he adds two other draft picks and only has to give up one. Uh, you know what? He's really going to be able to stack his system. And for some reason, his team on, on here, the A's, have no farm system. So I, I think it's a great trade. I think that th the trade should be made and it should go through, you know, no issues. It should be just fine. Uh, let's see. The other trade. So the trade that I actually just made. I traded, I'm the Braves, like I said before, and I traded the Blue Jays. I traded relief pitcher Johnny Venters. Johnny Venters for the Atlanta Braves. I uh, was brilliant this year. He's a great relief pitcher. He's 27 years old. Uh, he's 
it, it was a great year for him. I traded him to the Blue Jays for first baseman slash outfielder Brandon Belt, who had an up and down year this year. He was up to the majors, down to the uh, down to Triple A. He raked in Triple A, so they brought him back up to the majors. He struggled in the majors, sent him back down. So he was up and down this year. And in addition to Brandon Belt. I'm also getting first baseman David Cooper. David Cooper raked at AAA this year. Um, David Cooper was ridiculous. He went off at AAA. Uh, he batted above 360 at AAA. Uh, hit a, hit a few home runs, but mostly I, I think he drove in 97 runs. I think he had 97 RBIs because he hit like 51 or 53 doubles this year. He's going to grow into that body, and those doubles are going to turn into home runs. And even if they don't, that a doubles machine is somebody who will uh, knock runners in all day long. So they're saying he, he plays for the Blue Jays, David Cooper does. They're saying that he may or may not be the, the first baseman of the future. I know Adam Lind is there, and Adam Lind is 27, so he's still decently young. But Adam Lind's up and down. He's not great either. So I definitely think David Cooper, if he has a good... Uh, spring training, a good start to the season. They'll probably start him off in AAA. Uh, but if he starts off strong in spring training and possibly AAA, he'll be up to the majors in no point. Maybe he'll be a bench player. You know, maybe he'll turn into more. So so the trade breaks out to me trading uh, from the Braves, Johnny Venters, to the Blue Jays for Brandon Belt and David Cooper. The reason I did this was because my first baseman in this league um, is is really old um, I've got Todd Helton from the Rockies and Todd Helton didn't even play a bunch of games at the end of the season I know he's great Todd Helton I love Todd Helton I love how he plays I love how he's got so much class and how he plays the game but let's be honest I need more production from first base and I need more consistency from first base so I trade away my number one relief pitcher Johnny Venters who like I said had a great year uh, but he's 27 so why wasn't he having these great years before this, and can he continue to have these great years? I don't know, and it's not going to be my problem now that I just traded him away. But uh, Johnny Venters for Brandon Belt and David Cooper, two really young first basemen, so I stack up my first base prospects, and hopefully between the two of them I have a replacement for Todd Helton uh, in case Todd goes down next year or doesn't play as much, um, retires, who knows what happens. So. Uh, of course, everybody, for some reason on this deal, approved, approved, approved. Everybody approved it. It got passed with absolutely no issues, um, which is really nice for me because normally my trades don't really go through. Uh, they don't. I wish they did, but they really don't go through as much uh, as often as I'd like them to. Another trade that garnered some attention was the Phillies giving in my league giving up Hakju Lee. Um, for the Cardinals, Jason Mott. So Hack Julie is a shortstop in um, Hack Julie is a shortstop in the. Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought here. I'm looking at this. Um, okay, Hack Julie, a shortstop in the Tampa Bay Rays organization. Uh, supposedly, the guy is. Uh, great defensively. He's got a bat. He's going to come up and be one of the best. He's a top prospect already in the game. I've seen him even as high as number five in the entire league uh, of prospects. And the Phillies are giving him up for Jason Mott, who 
the Phillies are hoping is going to be the Cardinals' closer next year. I don't see a problem with that. I think that's exactly right. I think Jason Mott should probably take over. Uh, he's done a pretty darn good job in the postseason so far. So, you know, maybe they'll give him the closer's job next year. And, and the Phillies are kind of light on closers. So this is, this is a trade um, that's going through. It went through with no problems. Approve, 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 approve. So I... I would have liked to be on the Cardinals side of this trade because a relief pitcher, Jason Mott, they're just he's just really not worth that much. Because you gotta think if Hak Ju Lee comes up and I did approve this trade by the way, but if Hak Ju Lee comes up and is even a small percentage of what they expect out of him as a top prospect and what he can do if he really grows into his abilities, um He's going to be a ridiculous shortstop for years and really going to be able to outplay Jason Mott. Jason Mott's been in the league for a while. He doesn't do a ton. He's a closer and he's okay. But you, you maybe have... I'd be surprised to see Jason Mott still closing in another four or five years. I'd really be surprised. He's not the kind of guy... He's not the Craig Kimbrell where he starts out closing day one and you can see this guy closing forever for his whole career. You know, he hasn't done that. He's been a setup guy. He's pitched in the sixth, seventh inning. Sometimes he's just not—he's just not the closer type. So I'd really be surprised to see him closing in the next four or five years. Still, Jack Julie, who knows? Could be in the in the majors, winning MVP awards. You know, who knows? They they, they say the ceiling's pretty high for this kid. Um, that's probably going a little far. I don't see him winning an MVP award necessarily, but um, he could definitely definitely do some damage. So that's another one of the trades in my league, um, and that's kind of what's going on in base knock. Um, I want you to all feel free to visit uh, the website that I write for, throughthefencebaseball.com. A little shameless plug there, but please visit our website uh, read the heat index I'm gonna try and keep up and keep posting things this winter as the winter meetings and trade talks are going on it's an exciting time in baseball I'm gonna include it in the podcast some of that stuff uh, also I'm hopefully gonna be having a co-host uh, to talk about these things with and to really be able to discuss some of the stuff we're gonna look at so thanks for tuning in to the very first uh, edition and the very first episode of the heat index and we appreciate you listening and i'm sure we'll have better and more content uh, as we go along thanks again